We have a no give up mindset. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. It's good to see each and every one of you. Tomorrow will be Martin Luther King's Day, and it's a wonderful holiday, but more than that, it was a great revelation that continues to roll out in our nation. We're beginning to see breakthroughs. One thing about Dr. King is that the Lord gave him a powerful revelation, and it was not just a revelation for here on earth. God, God showed him his love for humanity. You know, he said, I've been to the mountaintop. I've seen. See, in other words, he saw something that the average person didn't see. God gave him a revelation. When you catch a revelation, you get passionate for it. When you, when you catch a revelation of what God is showing you for the future, you know, other people say you're crazy, but you, you continue to plow through. You continue to speak it, to shout it from the mountaintops. And today, um, years later, we're now starting to get some of what Dr. Martin Luther King saw. And we're, we're seeing it even uh, in our churches because our churches are very tribal in nature throughout the nation. You see churches that refuse to deal with the culture in their community. They want to stay uh, unicultural. And I believe, you know, the way you see in heaven, it says that uh, he saw, uh, John, um, the revelator, saw um, a number of people that were actually innumerable, but they were from all different tongues, tribes, and nations, all of them praising God. See, so uh, God loves the world. He just doesn't love one race. He loves the world. And we as human beings, we tend to be tribal in nature. And throughout the, the world, you see that still. But uh, I praise God that his spirit is helping to break through. And I believe to a great extent, it's, he's breaking through in the church first. So as we get it, then we start modeling that um, in our region. So I want to thank each and every one of you um, uh, to really consider what you can do this week. I thank you in advance. What will you do tomorrow to continue to expound that truth, to continue to share it from an eternal perspective and from a community perspective? There will be a lot of things that will be done tomorrow. You know, I, I have received a, a picture. Uh, Brandon sent me a, a picture from, uh, I think, the uh, Judith teacher had shared uh, a picture that moved her. You know, it, it was uh, Judah and uh, another boy in the classroom, and they were hugging each other as she was teaching on Dr. Martin Luther King's philosophy. And, um, uh, you know, both of them, you know, they were hugging as they were listening. This, this really impacted both of them. And I, I, I loved it. It was a beautiful, it's a, that's a keeper. I'll keep that picture. So um, we have to do the same thing. We have to go out of our way. Um, the other day, uh, I forgot what it was. There's a, a really nasty situation that could have been, hand, you know, could have gone out of order. And I employed the love of God, the grace of God. And immediately, I saw the way, you know, things calmed down. It's it's amazing how much power you have in your mouth. Yeah. You know, and especially when it comes to uh, today, there's a lot of hate out there, and it's misguided hate, really, really, it, it is. And, and I know for a fact that the media. Uh, that was a good sneeze. <laughs> good one. That was, ah! That's good. I thought, I'm sure that, that made your day, you know. I like those sneezes. I hate the ones that go, ah! No, that's no good. I want to, ah! That your lungs come out a moment and come back in. Those are the ones that, those are the ones that, just really. Anyway, back to my thought. <laughs> Praise God. You, you know, she's going to get me back sooner or later, so it's all right. But we have to model it, and we have to do so on purpose. 
So, you, you know, our nation right now is suffering, and people are perpetrating uh, that even from the media. Some of them are picking, 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 you know, to create hate, to foment uh, division. And, you know, I, I look at it, and since my, my eyes are open to this, I look, I go, dude, you know, it's ridiculous. That's not even news, you know, but this is what they're doing today. So we have to allow God to open up the eyes of our understanding to see what's really important. Also, another thing you need to look for, you need to look from, rather, is you need to look from the 30,000-foot perspective. Stop looking at the little perspective and see the big picture. See what's really going on and see where you could break any spirit of hate, any spirit of division, any, any racial issues that you can come in there with the word of God and break them and, and bring healing and, and bring uh, uh, the love of God and the grace of God and God's perspective, by the way, and God's perspective. A lot of inner city children are suffering right now, and they think they're hated. I remember when I was being raised, I was raised in Harlem, right in, right in 108th Street, Manhattan Avenue, 8th Avenue. That's where I went. To. I went to school there. I was, I was there from one years old, one years old. And so that's, that's my my background. But in the late 60s and early 70s, some, some kids came after me because I was light-skinned. There were times, let me put it this way, there were times that I missed getting a wampin. That's, that, that's more than a beating. It's a wampin. All right? So I just learned another word. But I'm telling you, I just missed it. Other times I didn't. Other times I got it. But I remember one time, the guy looked at me and says, Tu eres pano. Just like that. Are you Hispanic? And I said, si, brother, yo soy pano. Si, seguro que si. So, and then they just literally walked away from me because it was very, it was tough during those days, I remember. And there were times that I just missed this much. It was God's grace that I missed getting murdered. Just literally missed getting murdered. Even already being caught, taken to the slaughterhouse, so to speak, they would just drop me because of something. God would just bring in somebody at the moment. But I, I remember, and I remember having that hate in my heart, wanting to revenge, knowing the people that hurt me, that beat me up, that were older than me. And look at them, see them going across the street and say, when I get the little body of me, I'm going to get after them. Yeah, I was small, I was a runt, and they were picking on me, beating me up. You know what it is to get so hard, hit, so, hit so hard in your stomach over and over again that you can't breathe? I know what that is. And when you're on the ground, then they kick you in the same stomach. I said, dude, enough already. You got me here. Hit me somewhere else, but not here. <laughs> you know, but no, they, mercilessly. And me looking at them, I will remember your face. And then later on, God had to deal with them. So, you know, God spoke today about being set free. God spoke today about, you know, allowing God to heal you. But let me tell you, God had to deal with me. And God said to me, after I was a Christian, in the same community, going to the church in the same community, but yet seeing those guys and still hating them. And God spoke to me and God said, if you don't forgive him, I cannot work with you and through you. That's it. That's all he needed to say. And I said, God, I, 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 all right, as an act of my will, I forgive them because I certainly ain't feeling this thing. But as an act of my will, as an act of faith, Father, I forgive them. And right there I felt the release. But later on, guess who I began to pastor? Guess who I began to pastor? Some of those very people. You know, before with, you know, uh, moving the, you know, with the guns, carrying the guns. It's, uh, it's like the Wild West. And guess another thing. One of the very guys, one of the very gangs that I couldn't stand, that had hurt me, right? Later on, the, one of the main guys goes to prison, right? And in prison, Jesus shows up right in his place. And Jesus delivers him gloriously, and he's going to be our men's speaker this March. Now he's a bishop. 
Now he's a bishop. You still go figure this thing. And he's my friend. And guess what? We laugh about this now. Well, rather, uh, let, me, let, me, let me change that. He laughs about it while I watch him. <laughs> and I tell him, you know, it's ironic. <laughs> and we're friends now. We're co-laborers. Only God can do that. Only God can heal the racial divide. Praise God. So, amen. So I just wanted to share that with you. So see how you can honor Dr. Martin Luther King's memory today and tomorrow and even throughout the week. Do your best. You know, ask God where you can share revelation on that and, and bring healing and, and bring unity because God has called us to, to be a, in the spirit of unity, right? Praise God. So uh, I see Joe and Annie here today. Very thrilled to see that. Praise God. Where was... We're, we're thrilled that they were able to make it to church. Boy, have you been busy. Man, oh man, that is difficult. We as a church understand a little bit of what you went through. Years ago, we had a fire in our church, and we were dislocated. We literally became homeless as a church years ago when our church was in Harlem, in 116th Street between 7th and 8th. We had a nasty fire there. Thank God nobody got hurt, but we lost everything. We lost our budget. We lost everything. Uh, we had to literally start from scratch. But somebody took us in, Harlem Tabernacle, Gracious Church, and several other churches wanted to help us also. But we found out that when we thought we lost everything, we really hadn't. Because God was with us, God's family was with us, and the power of restoration was there with us. Today we own our own property. You know, we're growing. We're not one church. We're now we're several churches in different regions. And so I'm grateful to God. I'm grateful that God kept you, kept your wife and your children. And, you know, we are with you as a church. We're praying for you. Um, and we will continue. And you know, I know that you have to walk the brunt. Uh, the, you have to walk the first level of this issue. I know that. And there's nothing we can do for that. You have to walk through that. But you're going to come out stronger. Come on. Yes. Yes. Amen. Yes. You're going to come out stronger. And, and you're going to come out better for this. Better, better. Yes. And your, your furniture is going to be nicer. You're going to get a nicer apartment. Yes. Amen. I'm serious. I'm serious. God has a way of redeeming things. Whenever the enemy takes something from you, Old Testament scripture says he has to bring it back with interest. So you're going to get some interest on this. So just be a little patient. Be at peace because the most important thing is safe, is okay. I know it's frustrating, especially getting back all your paperwork and getting back all the things you need to get and, and still needing to function and work and do all these things. It's hard. I know it's hard. But, you know, you have it within you. The greater one resides within you. Amen? Amen? Praise God. And I'm so grateful to see you, and I'm so grateful that we could be your brothers and sisters and that we could walk with you in this. Amen? Praise God. I got a call ye yesterday or the day before yesterday? Maybe the day before yesterday. Um, very interesting call. How many of you know Pastor Adonis? Yes. Pastor Mercy? Yeah? You know, wonderful brothers and sisters. Years ago, they were our Spanish pastors. We, we had a Spanish fellowship. We had two services. We had an English service and a Spanish service. And then we sent them out to start a, a church, a local church. They're over there on the east side. Sorry, the east, uh, South Bronx, better said. Uh, Pastor Jorge is in the, in the, actually, it's just off of Broadway, 139th Street. But Adonis called me, and he said there was an issue. Uh, the building that where they are renting from uh, apparently got tagged. Some issue with construction, illegal construction in another part of that building. And the problem is, is that when you talk about public occupancy, as you note, in every place where there's public occupancy, which means a church, a local assembly, 
you know, a meeting place, you have to have at least two exits. You can't just have one exit, it has to be two. So we have one there, we have one there, we have one through there, we have exit signs, they have to be lit. We have another one there, uh, we have exit over there, over there, and we also have an exit this way. And w w that's for the safety of the brethren. It, you know, all these things are pain in the neck. We have to make sure that the fire extinguishers are up to date, but I don't care about that. I care about the safety. I want that if there's a fire there, I can go over there and shh, somebody, right? Also, somebody comes in to play the fool, I'll do the same thing. <laughs> but the primary reason for this thing is, is to put out a fire. Yeah, that thing works. You know, somebody's playing the fool, it's good. Yeah, right in their face. But what happened with them is that the place where they are doing construction, apparently they only decided to do something that is not acceptable to the city. So Tuesday, they're going to have a meeting. As of today, they can't use the place. So, in essence, they can't fellowship. Or could it be that they have some friends? Could it be that they have a church family that, you know, yeah, so that's what he did. He called me. He said, Dad! ¿Qué pasa, hijo? ¿Cómo está? ¿Cómo está? So he called me. He says, can we fellowship here today? I says, of course. So they're going to be here at 3 o'clock. And they're going to have their church service here. So, yeah, amen. So the sound guys are going to come in soon. Maybe they're here. I'm not sure. Yeah, praise God. Isn't that wonderful? But you know I've been praying, and you know that because I, I've been talking to you months about this, that we're going to have a Spanish service. Remember I've been telling you that? Remember? Remember? How many of you remember that? And we've been talking about that, we've been praying, but I've been praying something additional. I don't think I've told you this, but this is what I've been saying to the Lord. So, Lord, give us um, elders, deacons, a worship team, or, or, and I've been saying this, or give us a congregation that has our DNA. I've been praying that. Or give us a congregation. Because I don't care. I don't have to pastor it in terms of being there every Sunday and preaching every Sunday. Just as long as there's somebody there that has our DNA, that, that, that flows with it. Because if we bring somebody in that doesn't agree with us, that's no good. That won't, I know that won't last. So what he tells me, he says, I don't know. After Tuesday, what happens if we can't go anywhere? We, we might end up having to stay with you guys. And I said, God, you're amazing. <laughs> Wouldn't that be amazing? Because, see, this church building has to be busy. We didn't purchase this so they could be closed all week. We purchased it so it could be open all the time, day and night, seven days a week. And eventually that's what's going to happen. And it's going to serve this community. This church belongs to Almighty God. And then God looks in heaven, uh, from heaven, right? right? Or, or from the, the, the celestial dimension where he's at, and he says, who can I trust this too. So well, guess what? He's given it to us. He trusts us, right? So what are we going to do? We're going to say, okay, Heavenly Father, who do we minister to? So I know that for now we have two languages. So that's what we'll minister. If we get the third language, I don't care. We'll put a third language here. The important thing is that people hear the gospel. The important thing is, is that they get mentored, that they, that they get discipled, that they get taught the word of God. Amen? So if we could do something and have a second service, where it's Spanish in the evening or in the afternoon, where all our Hispanic brothers in this area, who are not currently fellowshipping, but, but would appreciate this setting, a place that they can come to, that they could feel safe, that they could be mentored, and they could be loved. And guess what? Adonis and Mercy have our DNA. You know why? Because they come from us. They come from us. So I am so grateful. So I'm excited about it. So we haven't made a decision other than this Sunday, which is today, at 3 o'clock they'll be here they'll have their service here, right? But after Tuesday, we'll know more. 
And if they're stuck, if they have no place to fellowship, then we'll sit down and read the riot act. Because also, another thing, I don't know if you remember several years ago, we were in another place and renting from them, right? So we had to live by their rules, right? But now they're going to have to live by our rules, which means we'll have to put a little handbook and we'll learn to uh, live together. All of you that got married understand that, right? <laughs> you learn how to live together, right? Right? First comes the honeymoon, and everything's all right. And then the honeymoon is over. I was, hey, hey. <laughs> yeah. Huh? Right? Hey, hey. No, it, it came, it came. <laughs> but the truth of the matter is, <clears throat> wherever you have a growing community, laws are necessary. You know, order isn't necessary. Order is the first law of heaven. You know, everything's in place because God placed it there. If, if the stars are one step this way, we might freeze. This way, we might burn. God knows the dimensions and exactly how to put things in order. And then he gives us that same spirit of order. But it's up to us to listen. Uh, our, our younger folk out there, they don't want to listen to order. They don't want to listen to um, respect and, and, you know, advice. They want to just do whatever they want to do. Isn't it that way in every generation? You have to get your own. All right. Praise God. So I, I'm grateful that as a congregation we can do that. So in the coming weeks we will know. But I'm very excited about that. I'm also excited about the events that are going to be happening. Um, I'm just thrilled. This coming February we're going to have two that uh, it's going to be Saturday and Sunday. We're going to have a, a gentleman that's been on the 700 Club, uh, a man who uh, goes all over the United States and different parts of the world preaching the gospel but also sharing on deliverance and how many times Christians have things in their lives that, that can affect them. They're not even aware of it. And so he's going to be with us. I'm thrilled. And it's by relationship. See, see, see how important relationship is? He's coming here. He says, Whatever, whenever you guys need me, I'll be there. You know why? You know why? Who knows why? Hmm? Yeah, but more specifically, whose relationship? Exactly. Him and Julio go back a long time. They're friends. Is it, wouldn't that be cool if you have a friend that grown up like a bestie and suddenly he become like MVP? It, it, wouldn't that be cool? And they don't forget you? That, that's another problem. Some forget the, you know, dude, don't forget me once you get in, you know. But yeah, so I thank you for that. Thank you for, huh? He's a humble man. But what I appreciated when he came to last time, he said, I'm here because of him my relationship with him. So thank you for that. Anything that happens with Saturday and Sunday, amen, we give him the glory. Praise God. We give him the glory, but we understand the power of relationships. Never burn a relationship if you don't have to. Never, never. Never burn a bridge because you never know when you have to go back in that same bridge. Praise God. How many give glory to God for all that God is doing? Amen. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. So, okay, so I wanted to share just two or three minutes. Um, as you can tell, I'm really sharing everything that I can now because I'm not preaching today, so <laughs> I have a limited, limited amount of time. So I needed to share something briefly. It's, this is not called preaching. This is, this is called um, raising the offering. <laughs> First, First Kings 17. 
you read it at home. Uh, the prophet had been sent there because there was a famine. The famine was there, and there was no rain, there was no uh, water, uh, because the prophet had spoken it. He says, there will not be any rain until I say so. And God had told him to say that. So even though the prophet said it, it was actually the word of the Lord. So the word of the Lord came through a man on the earth realm, and so it, it was a famine. So God had told him, go to, a ra uh, go to a brook, and there the ravens would feed you. So this man was being taken care of miraculously. Because it's interesting, when you speak a word, sometimes you have to live in the atmosphere that you create. Did I just say something special? <laughs> what did I say? I said, sometimes you have to live in the atmosphere that you speak or that you create. Wow, 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 wow. Wow. So anyway, he was enjoying that atmosphere. Suddenly, the brook dried up. Then God says, okay, now I want you to go to another place. There's a widow that I have commanded to feed you. But interestingly enough, when he goes to the widow, he says to the widow, can you give me uh, some water? She was actually in the process of doing something. So she went to get the water, and then he said, oh, and by the way, make me a little morsel of food. She turns around to him and says, you know, not for nothing, prophet, but all I have is a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And bottom line is, we're just going to eat this and die. Mm -hmm. In her mind, currently, she did not know that God was going to release supernatural supply to her. Her current revelation was that she only had enough to eat this one moment and nothing else. No more hope. But the prophet had come in with a word from the Lord. It wasn't his own word. It was a word from the Lord. That's, that's why it's powerful for you to learn the word of God and speak the word into your circumstances. Because it will change your circumstances. So the prophet said, understood, but go make me a little bit first because then he spoke the word of the Lord. See, because the oil is not going to dissolve. No va cesar in Spanish, they say. It's going to continue until you, as long as you need it. La harina, no va cesar. Until you need it, all the supply you have is going to continue to supernaturally multiply. So she went, good word. Okay, let me make this man, you know, a little cake. She gave him the cake, and suddenly there was a little more. And so she made more for herself and for herself. There was a little more. It just keep on, kept on reappearing. But what moves me is the fact that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Hebrews 11, 6. God is a rewarder. That's part of what he does. He's a good father. How many of you parents, when you see your children do good things, you reward them? That's our heart. We love to, we love to honor those that are doing good things. But Almighty God is the best at that. See, so he honored what? The fact that she obeyed God, she obeyed the instruction that God gave. It wasn't that God needed, you know, he didn't need for the prophet to get that piece of bread because there was nothing else in the land. It was God wanted to get her into a cycle of blessing, a cycle of supernatural provision. So when we trust God, according to his word, something happens in the spirit realm that I don't understand, but I don't have to. I just know that it works. It's the same thing when I take vitamin C. I don't understand really what it does in my body. I just know it works. Anybody? When I take zinc, I take a little zinc, it gives me a greater immune system. I don't know how it works. I don't know what the inside workings are. I just know it works. I know if I, that I, if I do push-ups, it makes me, you know, maybe I won't become Superman, but it makes my muscles a little more solid. Give me my props. 
Now, I, I'm saying that for a reason. I'm saying that for a reason. Because when you operate principles, when you operate, it's going to work. But in the spirit realm, we break the laws and we don't care. And then we complain that things are not working. In Malachi 3, it says there's a destroyer or a devourer on the earth realm. I don't know how it works. I just know that many times we try and try and try and something happens that this thing keeps on getting in and keeps us just above broke. Or just like this. You know, here's the water, here we are. But God said, for those that obey my principles in the earth realm, that make sure that my house is taken care of. Yeah, but God is God. God could provide. Yes, he's God. He can provide. He can do whatever he wants to. But remember, God is a God that honors his word. So when he speaks a word in the earth realm, it becomes law in the earth realm. Then God submits to the very law that he submits in the earth realm. What's that? He said, man is in charge on the earth. He made man. He says, now you are my steward. You're the one that's in charge. Go be fruitful. Be multi- go and multiply. Whenever God's going to do anything on earth, he'll speak to a man or to mankind or to a man or woman. Give him a revelation. He says, I need this done in the earth realm. And I'll back you up and I'll bless you and I'll give you the wisdom. I'll give you the provision. I'll give you divine connections. But this has got to get done in the earth realm. And you have to do it because I authorize you on this earth. And I submit to that very law. That's why when salvation had to come about, God had to become man. Because he said man is in charge. That's the miracle of the cross. God become man. Man is in charge. Goes to the cross. Makes right what Adam did wrong. Got it? So in this earth realm, when man gets involved with God's word. See, the prophet spoke God's word to her. It wasn't in his own. It was God's word. She obeyed it. Bam. She got into a miracle supply. We need that. 2018, it's going to be a year fraught with war, fraught with division, with anger, with hate, and the greatest miracles we've seen so far. Because there are men and women that are going to, they're going to dare to trust God. And even though they don't have a lot, they're going to turn around and say, God, I'm going to trust you with the little that I have. And God's going to say, I'm going to bring you into a cycle, a miracle cycle of blessing, and you're going to be able to accomplish what others cannot. We need to walk in that divine supply, that divine provision in this day. So what I'm sharing with all of you is assess yourself. Because the Bible says what you sow is what you reap. So where are we at now? I want to reap something different this year. So I'm going to be very careful as to how I sow. How I sow my word. How I sow, how I sow my actions. See, because most of us, we're in a mess because our actions... We just, you know, it's, it's impossible for you to do the same thing and expect different results. Impossible. You're going to create what you have. You're going to continue to create what you have. If you, if you keep on getting up late, if you never study, if you never prepare yourself, if you never exercise, if you don't eat right. See, do, these are seeds that we sow to a future. So, so in the kingdom of God, as, as Christians, as followers of God, as, as ambassadors for the kingdom, Amen? As those that he trusts, what are our disciplines? It should be prayer every day. It should be reading the word every day. Seeking God. Getting his heart every day. We, we should be tithers. We should be givers. We should be generous with others. If they call us, we should pray for them. If, if we get into a fight, we're the ones that are supposed to see an opportunity to get this thing right. To seek the peace. Right? Praise God. So uh, as we get ready to give, I want you to give by revelation. Do like, like the widow did. 
Do, 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 like, do like this woman did, this mother. You know, and, and so, by revelation of who God is, not what your current circumstance dictates. Because current circumstance will not be changed unless another seed is sown. What do I mean by seed? A different action, a different behavior, a different response. Whatever it is, you'll know it. God will give you the wisdom. Because when, when you ask God for an answer, most of the time, you know what he gives you? A seed. He gives you an idea, a thought. He, he gives you revelation. He gives you a connection. He gives you a mentor. He'll give you somebody to speak an idea, and suddenly, bam, epiphany. So never think that you're going, oh, I just told him something simple. No, no, for that person, it might be an epiphany. What you think is something simple, it might be, wow, a breakthrough for somebody else. Because people are at different levels in their life. Amen?